Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> Wow, it, it works fast. You, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. Feral Audio. This episode of This Feels Terrible is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Warby Parker sells amazing eyeglasses. You can get a special deal by going to WarbyParker.com slash Aaron. I'll uh, explain more about them later on in the episode. Uh, so let's get to that episode. This feels terrible. This feels terrible. I don't know the first thing about This week on This Feels Terrible, I welcome co-Feral uh, Audio um, podcast host, the hilarious, fantastic stand-up comedian, John Roy. Uh, you know him from multiple TV shows and uh, his awesome comedy album, Alexander Hamilton, which I believe was top 10 in the top 10 last year. He's super funny and, and really affable. And we'd, uh, we had a nice little chat. So please enjoy this, uh, this episode with uh, Mr. John Roy. Welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. A little uh, podcast feral switcheroo. Yeah, we are we are in different roles than the last time. Yeah, we're yeah. On. You have a you have a podcast about high school. Yes. Um, have you talked about your own high school experience? Uh, bits and pieces of it, pieces of my high school experience get sprinkled throughout the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think if somebody was a really big fan and had heard all of them, God forbid that they have nothing else going on in their lives where they <laughs> but don't listen to 30 hours of me interviewing people <laughs> about their high school, uh, then I think they will know certain things about me. But uh, I haven't done like, you know, just one big. But yeah, I've, I've talked about myself. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Chicago. Right. Uh, and then I, I grew up in Rogers Park, which is the north side of Chicago by Loyola. And then we moved out of the city when I was 14. We moved to Evanston, which is the first suburb that sits on the top of Chicago. But it doesn't feel very suburban. Like the the, the L train goes right through the suburb. There's It's a more urban-y suburb that it doesn't it's not cul-de-sacs and and 7-elevens like it's gotcha. got a train system and it's like eighty thousand people there like it doesn't feel like uh like a suburb suburb so you so you feel like you grew up in chicago or you feel like you grew up in a city or- i feel like i grew up in chicago it's 14 years in chicago which is all of childhood that's mm-hmm. all in the city so that's yeah. like i feel like i actually grew up in the city and then high school is just four years. So even though it was, you know, they're important years, I wouldn't do my podcast about them if I didn't think it was. Uh, I I definitely more identify like I, when I think of all my childhood memories, like there's a bus in them, or like you know, we're <laughs> we're not necessarily on it, but it's there. Right, <laughs> you know, like you know, like I definitely like I'm much more comfortable in like New York or Chicago than like L.A. is taking a lot to get used to. It's it's very alien mm. to how I grew up. 
Yeah, it is very different. I have a lot, I have a lot of friends from Chicago. What do you think, like, having grown up in Chicago, how do you think that informs your experience well, living in L.A.? It, Chicago, uh, L.A. is all these... It doesn't to me. Chicago is a city because it's a centralized city. It was built before the interstate highway system, so it's packed in on itself the way mm-hmm. New York or Philly is. Like your neighborhoods are close to each other. There's right. people everywhere. Right. Like there's people walking around. Like you know. Like <laughs> I and don't then, quite understand what you yeah, mean. And then you come out to Southern <laughs> California, and they built this place. I mean, thank God we have a subway now. But for years, it was just like, well, they ripped up the streetcars. And so it was just this sprawly thing. Like, you don't – like, if you're in L.A. and you're on, like, say, like, uh, Fountain or whatever and you drive Mm -hmm. all the way through the city, like, it doesn't feel like a city. Like, there's no one anywhere. Right. It's getting getting better. There are more people walking around now than there were when I moved here. Like, there's more density now. Mm -hmm. But for 10 years, it just felt like I lived in, like – I am legend. Like you, know, <laughs> like you would drive down a street in a city in the third yeah. large, in the, you know, like, and there's nobody there except like one weird homeless guy. Like it felt like you were in yeah. Road Warrior. Everybody's very isolated. There, there was a time. There was like a six month period where I didn't have a car. And I would be walking on sure. the sidewalks, and uh, people I would get texting like, "Hey, so you're walking? Are you okay? <laughs> why I, would you yeah, do that? Why are you Why are you not inside a car or inside a house or inside yeah. a smoothie shop? Like, get <laughs> get in, get in the smoothie." Well, I also feel like some of it is just there's so many lunatics, and we gutted our mental health system in California. So you know, there's lunatics are just on the streets, and there's no we don't have any place to house or or care for them. Yeah. So I think. And also, it's sunny. So if you were a homeless person in Cincinnati, well, why not put your mind to it and be a homeless person in Southern California four months later or just get yeah. on the boxcar, you know? So I feel like people don't want to interact with those people so much that they need a car-shaped metal shield around them at all times that can zip them away to safety should the interaction get dicey. Like, I think people want that car around them mm-hmm. just because they're in such a psychotic city as Los Angeles. <laughs> like, I feel like it's almost more like an Iron Man suit than it is like a vehicle. Because <laughs> like, you don't need it to go around the block, but people will drive to Ralph's yeah. in Los Angeles. Like, Yeah, I'll frequently drive just because I don't I, I don't want to be out. Right. Like, not even That's out of I'm laziness, saying. but out of, like, agoraphobia. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You just don't want that just and, – and that does it for you, even though right through the windshield you can see that you are out. Yeah, I just – because there's no one walking. I live in Los Feliz, mm-hmm. and, and, which is a great neighborhood. You actually really can walk walkable. in Yeah, Los I know. Feliz. Exactly. No, you can. But, like, sometimes if I'm feeling particularly socially anxious, I won't walk because I don't – when people are driving by, I'm just like, that's an ex-boyfriend or like that's oh, a, someone see. someone's looking at me and they're like, I, I don't know. It's it's not a it's something that's going on in my life right now. This this like new flourish of agoraphobia. OK, but um, but, that's but it's a horrible the same thing. new it's thing a, to have. Like, yeah, oh, how no, are things, it's, it's are, things have changed a little bit. I have agoraphobia now. I <laughs> wasn't really planning on that, but that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Have you ever uh, have you ever struggled with agoraphobia? No, no. All right, cool. I my weird irrational phobia, and it's not that irrational, but it is. I'm probably more effective than I should be by it. Is um, fear of crowd crowded like too crowded rooms mm, like starts a to center? really no like like sh- that. 
is built for it, so it oh, doesn't okay. bother me as much. But like, if I'm like, okay, like we went to this bar called Edendale, which is like yeah, down, yeah. and so we went on a Saturday night. It was uh, two comedians we know's birthday party, so it was like a hundred people just did them, right. but then also hundreds of people that just go to this bar. And uh, twice in the night, I was like, this is awful. There's too many people. I'm freaking out. Get away from me. Yeah. I, I'm like, those people in th- that festival in Pearl Jam, they all died. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, like that, those people on the bridge in India, and they all, they all fucking they stampede, and they all die. Like, that starts to get in my head, and I just start to get really uncomfortable. Like, get away from me. And, like, so I would have to, like, go through the Edendale bar and find, like, the one shitty corner by the bathroom where there was only two people. I'm like, ah, okay, I, this is enough. Like, I remember at the improv, they used to, like, there was this night where, like, Drew Carey would do improv and they would fill the place. And then the show after that was also full. And there was a moment where they would switch the two crowds in the Hollywood improv where, like, the first crowd would come out of the showroom. And And the next crowd would would be lined up. make everyone leave? Yeah, they would. But then also they'd be letting the new people in. And there was just a moment. And that's not a very big bar. But I remember every Wednesday I would just have to leave, like, for, like, 20 minutes and just hang around outside and do whatever because I just couldn't be in that awful mosh of people. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I recently went to the, I mentioned the Staples Center um, and speaking to the, to like the Pearl Jam concert and stuff, I went to uh, the Miley Cyrus concert. Yeah. And I, I had, we had seats on the, on the floor, but just like looking up at the balconies, my I had to leave for a second because all I could think of was the balconies crumbling just and falling. falling. And die, yeah, dying. and just everyone just being stuck there, and <laughs> and and then ending up like the the last few hours of my life being with thirteen year old girls right. and their rich parents. And I just I was like, I have to get out of here. Now, <laughs> did you go with a young person or did you just go to see Miley? <laughs> Fuck it, like. Uh, well, if you mean with a young person, myself, yes, I was. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, no, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm almost thirty, and I went with uh, another person who was almost thirty. Yeah, and, uh, gay or straight? Uh, straight. It was straight. Me, and a, me and a girlfriend. And a girl. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you an anomaly <laughs> at the Miley Cyrus concert, or were there other adults who just liked her songs from the radio and went to the show, or was it mostly children and yourself? <laughs> uh, there were. Because it's L.A., I think there were a lot of people that were like us. And we had like, we found out via Instagram we had other friends that were there. Yeah, my brother didn't make up for Miley's tour, so he knows the <laughs> yeah, guy who exactly. does lights. Yeah. So let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It'll be fun. But, uh, yeah. 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 And it was it was, it was was actually a, a blast. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's got to be a good show. There must be asking quite a bit for those tickets. So, like, if you went. And you know what? It is interesting. My friend Brooks Whalen is on Saturday Night Live, and he – said that you know they everyone comes in and does a table read and there were a lot of of sung parts in the Miley episode and he goes she can fucking belt it. He's like, she doesn't need auto-tune. Like, I sat there in the room. Yeah. She, he goes, Miley's got some fucking lungs on her and he's like you know like, well, I guess I can't out certain opinions that he has, but he's there are other big pop stars <laughs> that have been on Saturday Night Live. Let's just say that did not have uh, that vocal that's skill hilarious. and that's... did need to be auto-tuned. <laughs> so when he when he saw how good Miley was, he was like, "Dude, like this this chick is legit. Like she's got she's the real incredible. deal." She's incredible. She's also an amazing performer. Like she was doing all the. Let's just talk about Miley so for, the, for the rest. I of just episode. what I like about Miley. <laughs> we, I mean, she's she was dancing the entire time and was obviously singing. She's in right. amazing shape and was running around and it was great. 
Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so dating. Are you in a relationship? Or you... I am not. I am not in a relationship. Are you? Are you seeing people? Or are you? What's your yeah. What's your relationship with uh, with dating? With dating yeah. as a con- What's my relationship with the concept of dating? And with the practice. Um. Right now, I, I my last relationship was like two years ago. Serious one, trying to make it work, kind mm-hmm. of like mm, just you and me. Disaster. <laughs> that uh, is what a relationship yeah, is. Didn't happen. Did <laughs> not happen. Me. Tried hard, didn't work. Um, and then after that, I've just been kind of in like a thing where, like, if I meet a woman that I enjoy, we'll try to. I'll try to see what happens. But I'm not like I'm a traveling comic. I am mm-hmm. off. I am out of my home state fifty percent of the year. Easy. And those come in spurts. Like I was gone all of January and two weeks out of February. I've been here all of March, but I have two weeks out in April. I have one week out in May so far, but others could be added if I get mm-hmm. the work. I have I have various road gigs already booked through the end of the year. I've got my New Year's booked. Like that's just how it is. So yeah. like – you know, if I meet somebody, like I met a girl that lived in Denver, woman, what am I saying girl for? I'm <laughs> fucking 40 and all these women are at least 25. So let's just take the girl out of my vocabulary. Uh, I met a woman in Denver that I liked uh, enough to see if it would work, you know, mm-hmm. went back there a couple times, dated, found that it, I wasn't because to make a long distance relationship happen for me. It's a lot of effort. You know, I have to yeah, realize yeah. that this girl, I'm going to, fuck, I got to get that word out of my vocabulary. It's okay. You can say it. It isn't, though. As a society, <laughs> we talk like we're 15, all of us. I met this girl. You're 50. So is she. Like, what do you, fu- you know what I mean? Right. Like, well, and women don't say boy. Which no, but they say guy, which is right. still a kind of, it's not an infantilism word, but it's not, <laughs> you know, I but met a guy. Like, what's that line in say anything? Don't be a guy, be a man. Right. You know, like but if I, I was to say I met this man, people would be like, was he wearing a trench coat? Was right, he because we've all scary. decided not to talk like we're adults. Guy, guys and girls. Yeah, guys yeah. and girls. Ugh, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I met this woman in Denver and I found that it, I just it just wasn't there, the thing that it would need me to be. But she was nice and we had fun. and you know. But, like, at this point, if it's not going to be something that I'm just – I feel it, like, 100%. I'm like, totally. yes. I'm just not going to – I'm just going to stay uh, casually dating man and be okay with that. <laughs> and for a while, you know, I felt guilty. I was like, you know, you felt – you picked this career, which makes the kind of relationships that most people in America are going for very mm-hmm. difficult for you. And you should feel bad about that. Like, you're like, you know, you – you're not going to have kids or you're not going to be married. And, and, and even though my, my parents don't pressure me, I don't get any – just internally, mm. I felt this weird guilt of like you should be trying to make this, you know, long-term one man, one woman with a family. In a, and like you should make that work. I'm like – but I chose a career that I'm not going to give up that makes that very difficult. And I'm still open to that. But right now, I just turned 40 and for the first time – I'm okay with being single. And if I died single with my friends and family and, you know, I'd be okay with it. That's great. And I don't think I would have said that like two years ago. I would still have had this little gnawing thing of like, but what about you when you're alone? Are you going to be alone? Are you going <laughs> to die like Mark Maron? I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I don't have to be Mark Maron. Why do I have to be Mark Maron? You know? like, what's wrong with being me, man? I mean, I'd feel like it, you know, it's a good thing. But uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm single. 
I'm pretty cool with it. There are some women that I know around the country that I'm planning on spending some time with over the next few months. Uh, none of that is 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 very serious. <laughs> really? Do you yeah. have like a little map with little hearts and different uh, places? But no, or? I have places I'll be and people yeah, that yeah. I know I can see because oh, I'm fun. there. Sure. I mean, the the good part about traveling all the time is that if you do meet someone that you want to see again, even though it's hard to 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 demand much serious if they're in the same place where they could just have some fun mm-hmm. with you and not you know be too bent out of shape about sure, it sure. then you do get to see people like if you meet someone in Seattle you can see them again might be six months later yeah but uh but you know when I meet someone that I really like I still do at least try to make some effort like maybe we could hang out it, it's really hard to do like I've done it I've had three long distance relationships oh man and uh it's not easy it's just no. really not easy and I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling out meeting someone that I want to spend my life with. Of course, you can always get swept off your feet. But I just – I'm very aware of the amount of effort and the amount of emotional stress that a long-distance relationship does for me. I'm not talking about anybody else. How the fuck could I know what's in their heads? But I know that for me, not being around the person you're with for extended periods of time – the phone and the Skype are not a substitute for actual human contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are with them, uh, there's a lot of pressure on that moment because you haven't seen them in two weeks. Now you got these four days, and so these four days have to be like the notebook. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> you know, it's the only time you have with them, so you right. like glom on. And then you're just not there emotionally when they need it. Like, I think the thing that broke my heart the most, I had a long-distance relationship with this girl, and she got sick. I was on mm-hmm. the road, and she goes... Um, she was sick. She had the flu. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Whatever. And she goes, I'm like, what can I do? She goes, are you going to overnight me some juice? And I basically almost just cried right there because it was like, that's why I should be there with the fucking juice. That's what a boyfriend does. You should be there to support and comfort your girlfriend when she's sick. Mm-hmm. And I was incapable of performing those functions. I wasn't there and I wasn't going to be there and I couldn't go there. And that's just something that is going to be a splinter in your relationship forever if you travel all the time and you get it's just it makes it uh makes it very hard yeah yeah absolutely that's that's funny i i think that uh oh, it's not it's not funny it's uh it's heartbreaking but but it sounds like you have a have a really great attitude when it comes to your relationship with yourself and being alone and yeah well i i'm an extrovert but i'm an only child so, like, I love to be around people, and, like, when I'm on the road, I totally miss cuddling. Like, you can you can get, like, random sex if you want it real bad, like, especially if you're a performer. Like, you know, yeah. it's doable. But what's really not is, like, cuddling someone that you, like, really <laughs> like, like, and you're like, mm, like... Do you ever surround yourself by pillows? No, there's no real substitute. Like, I do have a joke in my act where I'm like, you know, I do, I, I do have one move in bed that the women do not appreciate. Uh, I don't know why I keep doing it. it. usually happens after the sex. I call it the lonely comedian clings to the girl like a life buoy for six hours. <laughs> Spooning should not feel like a hostage situation. <laughs> like, but, yeah. like, definitely, like, when I do have a girl, it's, like, going to come home with me and, like, we're actually going to spend the night together. I'm, like, wee, cuddling. And then I'm, like, Bruh! Like, you know, it's, like, <laughs> oh, I can't really feel my ribs. This is good. You know, like, it's uh, it's a little sad, the, uh, <laughs> the level of, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't even know what other animal does that. I think that's just humans that that cling to each other. <laughs> how do you how do you self soothe? Like when you're when you're by yourself, like what are your what are your patterns? Like what do you mean? Like well, you said that you love you love cuddling, and yes. you obviously you spend a lot of time by yourself. Like what do you? I I, I struggle with loneliness. Like I can't sure. imagine being alone. Well, but- here's what's interesting about being a traveling performer. Um, 
you don't get to see your friends' friends. You're like your real friends. But the venue provides you with a smattering of friendly strangers that you are free to interact <laughs> right, with. Yeah. And that can be fun. You go out to the bar. You have a couple drinks. You tell them what Conan was like or whatever. Or they also work in comedy. But So you have things you can bond with. But, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you met Doug Benson. I know Doug Benson. Like stuff like that. And then, like, there's, like, maybe even someone you're hooking up with that week. But it's still... So it's not like you're just in solitary confinement reading Watchmen for the eighth time, like. But like specific. Well, you know, <laughs> you know they say right with specifics it makes a more vivid picture in the listener's <laughs> mind. Um, right, I talk, I talk about writing when I talk now. <laughs> um, you write your next sentence in your head. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not. It's fun. It's diverting. It makes your time in Scottsdale or Madison or whatever pleasant enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's like the difference between eating a, a very nourishing meal and chomping on combos all day long. Like you know, like it 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 keeps you occupied and it's generally pleasant. But you're not getting any real nutrients. You know, right. it's, it's salt and cheese. <laughs> you know? So you never you never find yourself preoccupied emotionally with any of these girls. Like you don't. Um, there's people that I would like to be, but you just can't. You know, and then you're also at the whim of what they think of you. You know, like yeah. just because I like you doesn't mean you like me in the same way. You know, right. I've definitely had some experiences with you know girls that are flirty for a while, and then you realize they're not into that, and you're like, well, okay, what can I do? I can't change the way they think. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, what, uh, have you have you ever been through a really bad breakup where you've been? Um, I am one of those guys that, like, goes down with the ship, you know? <laughs> like, to give you a metaphor, like, and it's not just, like, with a break, if I can sense a relationship's going bad, like, I have some weird combo of my own self-esteem or desire to be perfect that I don't. I can't just realize that a relationship is making me miserable and leave. Mm. Like, I can eventually, but I need about two months of real misery before I go, what are you doing, dude? This is horrible. Right. You haven't been happy here for months. Because yeah. you just, I have something where I'm like, I'm going to make it right. And you can see them pulling away from you, but you just can't get out of there. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, she doesn't really like you anymore. <laughs> or or when it's me, when it's me and I don't like them, then I start to feel guilty. Like, mm. why don't you like her, man? He's your girlfriend. Can't you just fucking stop being a dick? So I'm the one of those guys that the relationship is already a smoking ruin before we <laughs> finally decide to stop bombing each other. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Like by the time John Kerry and her foreign minister are drawing up the the papers, <laughs> uh, we've it's a smoking ruin of of, <laughs> of like whatever we had. Like I'm, I so usually you're not, so you don't stay friends with girls you've dated. I stay dated. friendly. Gotcha. I do not stay friends. Like will I? If if you are my ex, okay, and you were. In any serious Jeopardy situation, you could count on me to help you in that in whatever you need capacity because mm-hmm. you were somebody that at one point I cared very deeply about and you're still a person that I like, you know, and, and, and was a part of my life. So obviously, if any of my exes had any real problems or whatever, they could totally count on me to get my shit done and, and be like, what do you need? Let's do this. Right. Um, but if I'm like, can, can you give me a ride to the gym? No, no, yeah. no, not at all. And and we wouldn't even know each other well enough for you to think that you could do that. Right. Like when it's over, it's it's over. Now, are we going to maybe Facebook each other once or twice or maybe six months later go out to a weird, awkward lunch? You know, like <laughs> I'm fine with all of that shit, but you're not, we're not friends. Let's not pretend we're friends. We're exes. That's very different. I don't hate you. I don't hate anybody that I once 
was see, what I always hate when people shit the fuck talk their exes and like fuck things a dick. What if ass? Yeah. You were out with that guy. You're talking about a bit about yourself now. Like why were you with the devil? Because you're crazy. <laughs> like no, this person has some redeeming qualities, or you wouldn't have gone out with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, it always makes me mad when people are like, "What a fucking whore!" Shit. Like shut the fuck up, dude. You liked her. <laughs> you liked her a little bit, and you still do a little bit, or it wouldn't be making you so mad. Yeah. So I'm trying to be honest with myself and go, okay, this person. Person was somebody you cared about. You don't hate them. They have some things about their personality that made you guys not a good couple. And I'm sure they made me furious and sad and all those things in that moment. But when that moment's over, I don't hate them. But I'm also like to hang out with this person further. We know we try. We tried to put on the fucking Lollapalooza. So why couldn't we put on like a bar show? You know what I mean? Like, like we tried to go all the fucking way right. and we, we did everything you, cause I liked her that much that we, and, and that was a disaster. So what would any interim step be except more disaster? Right. <laughs> like, so yeah. if you need me, I'm there. I'll never be a dick to you. I'll never talk shit about you. None of that will ever happen. If your name comes up, I'll be nothing but defensive. And if I see you, I'll be pleasant and cool. But we're not Jerry and Elaine, and we're not going to see the Lego movie, and, we're, and I'm not driving you to get Pinkberry, and we're not just going to go walk our dogs or something. That's never happening ever. We're exes. We're not friends. Yeah. It's our... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do you ever have you ever dated another comedian? Uh, I have dated comedians that were like just getting into it. Like I've never dated somebody who was a full time comedian with my job. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to because yeah. I feel like when you date a comic, like even like when I, I dated a, a woman who was. You know, she did open mics and also some sketch shows and stuff. So even though she wasn't making her living from comedy, she was someone who could go, oh, what a shitty crowd. And she'd be like, I know, right? I hate when, like... Right, right, right. Because, like, regular people don't care about how the comedy sausage is made at all. Mm -hmm. They're like, entertain me or don't or we'll just talk. But I don't need to hear what, you know... How you that one tag didn't work? Yeah. And now you also, have to they, yeah, they don't it. care like, that much about it. No. They're like, I thought it was yeah, fine. Let's yeah, go, like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you still? Why are you still in your head? Because that's what we're like. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, yeah. so it, I guess it would be kind of like if you dated somebody that was a NASCAR driver, you might want to watch the race, and you might want to hear him talk about <laughs> other people in NASCAR that might be celebrities, but you don't care that in the fourth lap. Something happened to the his accelerator and the, what the pit crew did and if he has to fire his fucking engine guy. Like, you know, right. none of that would interest you. And you'd be like, uh, like, Zach, let's get a burrito, you know. Yeah. So but when you're dating a comic, all those that part of you that you really can only share with other comedians, you're now able to share with your girlfriend and she understands and is working on creative things of her own. Mm-hmm. So also if somebody, you know, is a comedian, then you know you have certain bedrock values in common that, you know. So yeah, I, I would be open to it, but I've never I've never done that uh with somebody who's like a full time professional entertainer. Mm. Um are you well? Yeah, and I imagine like if someone had the exact same job as you and was traveling all the time, you would see them so little because you yeah, probably they, not. Or but but or you could do like or you like could tour Tom together. Segura, yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Like Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky are married, and they'll just tour together. So you'll just have Tom and Christina will be the show. They're both headliners, so you can just slice it down the middle, and they'll take the small pay cut that you might have to take for booking two headliners because they get to be together. Mm, yeah. yeah. Back to uh, back to spending time with yourself when you're when you're at home and you're you're not on the road like during the day when you're just alone by yourself. Sure. Like, how do you spend your 
well, time? I, how do you how do you relax? How do you? My life's pretty relaxing. You know, like mm-hmm. I gotta say, like there's definitely stressful parts, like when I don't know if I have enough gigs to get money or when something falls through that it was counting on for budget and those things will stress me out. But most of my day is just like email all these clubs and work mm-hmm. on your writing and, you know, make sure you get the thing taped so you can get taped. I'm 40. <laughs> make sure the digital recording is <laughs> is fully edited and able to be sent to the Seth Meyers show. <laughs> but, I mean, I do come from an era when we sent out VHS tapes. Right. So, like, that's still like uh, – but, yeah, like, most of my day – and it's in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. Yeah. So, me, like, I'm not that stressed that much. Like, I don't need to – you know, and I, I exercise now. I didn't really used to do that, but I've been doing just 35 push-ups, 35 sit-ups, and, and – arm curls a day nice. which you i want you look very healthy and... oh thank you yeah, yeah. I, I try you know i i've tried to switch from red bull to kombucha I had a brutal <laughs> red bull habit although i had one before i got here so what the fuck am i talking about but yeah like i don't i don't find that i have to like time to do my uh transcendental meditation or i'm gonna punch holes in the wall like, right. like I, i'm i'm a pretty as as hard as my job can be it's it's fun so mm. i don't uh i don't stress out too bad disciplined well, I've been doing it full time for 11 years and yeah. without, you know, I don't have a personal appearance book or I do that all myself. So, like, I know how to do it, yeah. you know, but I also know the very real instances in which two gigs can fall through and now you don't have enough money to eat for the month. Like, I mean, like, there are those sides of the career, too. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of know how it works at this point. Do you have any advice for someone who is looking to be more self-disciplined? Like, because when you try, when you, like, the hard thing, I think about being about working for yourself especially when you're doing something creative like stand up where you mm-hmm. you like you're saying like you do all your booking and you right. do all that stuff and if you don't do it no one's going to do it it's not right. like working at IBM where someone says yeah. John we need the reports like how do you if someone transitioning for from like working for a company to if they're going to really plunge in what they ought to do um what i will say is i don't really know exactly except cuz i think that the fear just does it to you. You know what I mean? Like when you know that you don't eat or pay rent unless you have hustled yourself enough creative or performance work to pay those bills, you just do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're like, well, I don't have a choice now. Like you can always tell a comedian who's never had to do it to eat and a comedian that does because that's just an entirely different mindset. Like Mm. you're no longer – this precious performer that can just, you know, well, I work at my own pace and when I have new material, right. I will put it on for the public. But I feel like, well, that's all well and good, <laughs> but well, if, good. that's because you work at H&R Block in the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like once you are a full-time artist, your little fear-based chicken brain forces you to be disciplined because mm-hmm. there's no other choice. Do you like ramen? No. You'd maybe want a vegetable <laughs> or a bit of meat with that meal? Then you're going to have to fucking go to Cleveland and make them laugh, and you're going to have to find the fucker that lets you do that and email the shit out of that guy yeah. <laughs> until it happens. You know, like, that's just... You have a dragon behind you now that's called poverty, and <laughs> you need to outrun that fucking dragon, and that's how you get disciplined. Hey, everybody, it's the commercial. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you so much for being such a great audience that sends amazing emails to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. Getting caught up on those now. If you have a question that you want me and me and our uh, me and the guest 
from uh, an episode. <laughs> My grammar, it's not a good grammar day for me, so I'm just going to power through. Um, if you have a question, a relationship question or otherwise, send an email to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com with the subject uh, show question. Also, uh, warbyparker.com. Um, again, continue to be really happy with Warby Parker and their sponsorship. They, um, they're an amazing company. If you go to warbyparker.com slash Aaron, uh, you get a, a million special deals. That's not true, but you do get a, <laughs> you do get a special deal. You can get, you can find glasses on Warby, warbyparker.com starting at $99. But a really cool thing with them is that you can take home five pairs of glasses at no extra charge, wear them, wear them around your friends and family, wear them out on dates, figure out what looks best. Maybe you're starting to see somebody and you you wear, starting to see somebody, and you wear glasses. You can bring your glasses out to dinner and it could be, you know, a topic of uh, conversation. And then at your wedding, you can uh, toast to warbyparker.com. Also, if you go to warbyparker.com slash Aaron and buy glasses, Warby Parker will give a free pair of glasses to somebody in need, which I think is the coolest reason to uh, go to warbyparker.com. Warbyparker.com, the website that I've said a hundred times on this podcast, warbyparker.com. Let's get back to the show, warbyparker.com. I, I don't know you very well, but from what from from the from the few times that I've interacted with you, you do like you are so you seem so unafraid and confident when it comes to that stuff. And it, I think like that it really sets you apart. Like it's not just you being a working comedian. Like you have this. I don't know. You seem self-actualized or something. Well, I I feel like if that you have you have to like what what is the other <laughs> but, alternative? I mean, sure, but I mean, <laughs> like I, I don't mean... know me like I'm, I'm, okay. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like oh, I wish I had a little John Roy in me. Like, <laughs> okay. It's not that little. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, sorry. We all go for the cheap dick joke. We're yeah. stand-up comics. It's built in our brains. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, and also, I you have to understand that if I come across that way, that's all well and good. But I kick myself every day for not working hard enough, for being a little really? too lazy and slackery. Why are you? Why are you fucking going to downtown LA, getting high and eating food truck food when you should be at home finishing your book? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I need to kick my own ass. And I look at guys like there's other comedians that maybe might not be as happy as I am, but I'm right. like, you're working a lot harder. Like, I look at, like, certain, I'm like, you have five scripts that you wrote the last two years. Like, I got one. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I I, I hope that I'm not projecting too much of a false picture of, of confidence, but, you know, I don't know. I just, you got to do your shit, and no one else is going to care. No one's going to care. No one cares how you do. <laughs> no one. Right, no one right. in this world gives a fuck how you personally do. They like you, and they don't <laughs> want to see you fail, and they, they support you, and they love you, some of them. But no one really cares if this podcast is successful except you yeah, and yeah. the people on it, and that's only localized to how their own episode does. <laughs> you know, so like, if you don't find whatever that is inside you and go... I need that person to be fully awake and working their shit out. You you won't get where you want to be. Like Yeah. Yeah, well it's a, it's a good good message against perfectionism and Well, my dad my dad said something that that changed my life. And I don't think he wrote this. He just like came across it in his studies. But he said if something is worth doing, it is worth doing poorly. 
Mm. And when I first heard that, I was like, bah? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, if, if you're afraid of whether you'll do it well, mm-hmm. if you're afraid that you won't, if you, are, if you think it might be a piece of shit, so what? You got to do it. And it, and then you worry about that later. The first time I tried this, it was a piece of shit. Okay, but like you can't, you can't let the idea that maybe you're gonna fuck it up stop you from trying. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, for, for most for most things that are worthwhile, you do have to like fail. Oh my god! And I hate. I still so hate hard. my voice on my podcast. I hate really the incessant <laughs> manic giggling right into the microphone. Like that's the one thing about. It's like, and there's two parts. There's one of me. There's one part that goes, "Look, that's who you are. That's just part of you. You need to show them your real self, and they'll either like that or they won't." And then there's other part that goes, "You're a goddamn broadcaster. Can you not giggle into the mic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fallon doesn't giggle into the mic. Like yeah. fucking stop giggling." into the mic yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know my, my own giggling drives me crazy too but like oh, it, it drives me crazy because I'll listen back to this podcast and I'll giggle sometimes just because I'll giggle because something makes me laugh or I'll, I'll giggle because because I recognize something right but, so I'll also giggle if I'm uncomfortable or if someone says something offensive so right. like when you're listening back to the podcast you're like Jesus Christ like what is it? <laughs> like so so I was like yeah I, I guess I kind of hate black people and I'm like <laughs> all right anyway <laughs> <if> I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where do you? One of those ones where you can't even touch it. Yeah, like you can't. Like what? You, and you also don't want the next twenty minutes to go. So you hate black people. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want I, to continue the conversation, yeah, but and, you don't want to sign off on. Yeah, you don't want to look like uh, by her silence. That means that Aaron believes also <laughs> that black people are to be kind of hated. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Also, the, you got to cut yourself a little slack because often we're sitting across from one of the funniest people on planet Earth. So if we're not going to laugh, then what's wrong with us? Right. You know, like you're, that's you, that's Matt Bronger right there. You're not going to laugh. Like, of course, you're going to laugh. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like what? You're not going to laugh at Emily Heller. You should. She's very funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of uh, great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> which yes. we weren't speaking about. Um, so <laughs> we, can't, I, we can be speaking about whatever you would like to talk speak about. about. Well, I um, I was at Barnes & Noble a few weeks ago, and I saw these, and I laughed. I laughed. I giggled. Yes. I said, there's this 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 plastic box that says, that's called a chat pack, and they had all okay. different versions of it. This is the story version, and I laughed because I was like, oh, uh, what if my podcast was just using these cards? Just called, and like in four months, it's morphed into chat pack with Aaron McGathy, and like the entire relationship <laughs> thing has just been thrown away. Yeah. And now we're just playing story card games. <laughs> because I, I love talking about relationships, but I do find myself like asking the same questions right. over and over again and then also like I find myself forcing things sometimes like Dustin knows that when I say so when was the last time that you were really sad <laughs> like it's just okay. you know always oh, that like well my I have a couple of those in my I always go where did you live when you were 14 like that could almost be oh, a shirt oh well that's a nice that's and, a good then, question. Uh, yeah. and then uh, what is your advice to a high school kid today and how are you different from that person like I ask that <laughs> yeah. every so I get but it those are, but those are great yeah right, I mean so. the thing okay so anyway so I have these and I'm uh, I've never used these before but I'm just gonna grab one of these and uh, let's see. Let's just yeah, let's just do it. All right, this is one of the chat pack cards. Here we go. Here we go. Got a story to share about a really bad sunburn? Do I? Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> I'm. Look, my it. skin, by the way, for your listeners at home, is somewhere between Casper the Friendly Ghost and <laughs> tapioca pudding. Like it is the most Irish, just pale. You are a like, white man. Yes. Yes. And uh, so yeah, I. What what will happen to me is like. I will not, 
my mom's always like, put the sunscreen, you know, my whole life, you know, put the sunscreen. Did you put, you know, like 40 or whatever thing <laughs> or clothes to put on ourselves? I never do it. And there was one moment we went to uh, whatever the water park in Disney World is. Like, I was like 11 with my parents and mm-hmm. I, all day in the sun, just fucking frolicking, Mickey, wee, water. <laughs> and, and the plastic from the slides so it's like yeah. shining up at you. And then, what, situation. two hours later, you know, when it really hits... Just standing in the middle of the hotel room naked, just the color of your hair Uh, as the pain, like where no part of my body could touch anything, you know? And my parents just slathering on the shit, and I'm just like, ah! And it's like, and yet, and yet, cut to 10, 15 years later, me and my girlfriend at the uh, Wisconsin Dells all day long, wee, water, then fucking cut to the hotel, ah! Fucking did the same fucking thing again. Didn't learn anything. So yes, I have horribly heat stroke level sunburned myself twice and the exact same way under the exact same circumstances and took no care whatsoever to not do it again. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's the worst. I, I had a I had a second cousin who with olive skin and I have very pale skin and my whole family, we all have very pale yeah. skin. And she took me to the beach when I was like fourteen and gave me oil. To put so not only was I not wearing sunscreen, <laughs> you're also frying yourself like a potato. Yeah, I was cooking myself, and I, <laughs> I stayed there. And she fell asleep, which is like the last thing I I wanted to do at the beach at 14 or however old I was. Like I still wanted to like dig holes and sure, or, you know. Um, and I I I tried to fall asleep. I just laid there for a long time, and then woke up and my I like almost like boils all over my skin. Oh my god! And then for a week I couldn't walk because the 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 gravity pulling on my skin. It was so painful. Like, <laughs> you can feel an, I can an unknowable force yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> pulling on Ugh. your – yeah, it's uh, – there's something that's fascinating to me about the 70s, like that you even had those products. Like, oh, no, rub some yeah. oil in there. Get that yeah. – And then that leather was a good Yeah, look. while you smoke cancer and yeah. fucking like – it's crazy that the 70s were just like life. What's human life? That's not valuable. Yeah. What is valuable is a buzz and looking hot. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, Pass the, the coke. And, right. Uh, Sam died. Oh, also, that's too bad. cocaine, no downside in 70s music. You know, none. There's no, in the 80s, you start to get the downside of crime or, like, right. you know, Welcome to the Boomtown, like songs about, like, what happened when they did. But in the 70s, it's just Joe Walsh going, just a pinch between your teeth and gums all night long. It's just <laughs> fucking smiley. Or what's that? Steely Dan. The Cuervo Gold. The Fine Colombian Mix Tonight. It sounds like a Disney dance song. Oh, I didn't like, even know that was about cocaine. Yeah. The Cuervo Gold. The te- tequila. The Fine okay. Colombian. Uh, the cocaine. Makes right. tonight a wonderful thing. There's, no, there's nothing wrong so with happy. it. Like, the 70s are just like, hey, we're Dancing. all going to die, but in the meantime, I'm going to get laid in that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, it's very silly. Uh, I, I just watched a documentary about, um, what was it called? Uh, Jupiter's uh, Jupiter's Spa, Jupiter's Waterfall, the the sex club that was in New York. Oh, the, uh, Plato's Retreat? Plato's Retreat. Yeah. I, I let's, Jupiter's let's go back Waterfall. to Jupiter's Waterfall because <laughs> that's maybe, that's a much better name. <laughs> like, uh, down the street, that some guy that had That actually that sounds guy. more like Jupiter's Waterfall, if that was a store, it wouldn't be a sex retreat. It would be like one of those stores that just sells like tie-dyed blankets and like deadhead stuff <laughs> and like a painting I made. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, and you can just, you know, if you want to record from any of the fish tapes we have, you can just hang out or whatever. We have incense. <laughs> Jupiter's Waterfall. It's right in Lawrence, Kansas. It's by the mandolin store. <laughs> Come on by. 
Yeah, because yeah, I think like AIDS in a weird way, I think stopped cocaine being so fun. All <laughs> like, oh, right, when, well, like it's funny. Like I live in West Hollywood, so there's all these billboards that are aimed at the gay community, and mm-hmm. it'll be like, "Ask your boyfriend if he's tweaking." Like you're like like, <laughs> like and it's like happy gay couple in the fucking billboard, but then really dark. Like, is your boyfriend on meth having unprotected sex? And you're like, ah, I just want to go to Pink Fairy. You know, like, don't show me these things. <laughs> All right, I got another question for you. Please do. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, got a story to share about incredibly bad service you received for something? <laughs> um, I get good service for the most part. Like, I can't think of any time. I think time. you demand it, John, right? I demand it. I will. I, it's where I was a waiter, so, like, I have a kind of a weird thing with bad service. Like, in general, I overtip. Because I was mm-hmm. a waiter and I remember what that was like. Yeah. But if they're not slammed at all, if like me and two other people are the only tables and our waitress or waiter sucks, like you're getting the bare minimum. Like I'm not, I'll still tip you, but you're getting 15. You're not getting 20. And you, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe you're getting 10. Like if you're <laughs> yeah. really, if it's egregious and it's like, the soup comes out with the salad and the meal, and like you totally could have not done that. <laughs> like, and you right. have no other tables, and you're kind of looking at your phone. Like, that's when I start to go, like, this job isn't hard. I did it for five <laughs> years, and if you're not slammed and you're really ignoring me, then my knowledge of the job from the inside makes me less charitable because I'm mm. like, I know what you have to do right now, and it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, at were least, you a good waiter? I was a mediocre waiter. I was not a good waiter. Uh, I didn't care about it enough to be mm-hmm. good because, you know, there's those fine dining waiters that are just like on it. Yeah. They're like, fuck, you want more tables? I'll take yeah. the tables. I'll work a double. I don't give a fuck. You know, and then and good for them. They make like 80 grand a year, some of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wasn't that guy. I was always doing uh, waiting and bartending as a way to just make money so that I could do stand up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I worked at a tourist place that just who gives a fuck. I was like Germans and kids, we had no regulars. Like you have to tell people to put their tank top back on. There's a big tip. <laughs> we were at uh, we were at Navy Pier in Chicago, which is just if you've never been there, it's tourist hell central. There's a Ferris wheel, right. there's a children's museum, there's a bunch of dumb shit, you know, you can buy nonsense and tourist crap and and then mm-hmm. there's you can drink on the pier. So, like, the the thing for adults is that if you buy your to-go cup of Margaret Teaser or whatever they're serving <laughs> you at Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, you can then walk all over the pier with that drink. So you have, like, a mini three-block New Orleans that they built in the lake on some <laughs> landfill. And so I worked at a shitty uh, chicken pot pie and burger place called Charlie's Ale House on that pier. And I was... I could, I get your food. I wouldn't really be all that friendly. I wouldn't fuck anything up, but I was just robot boy the waiter. You know what I mean? Like, there was no real, like, I didn't care how your day was. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go, ooh, you went to the water tower, but did you go up in the Sears Tower? Like, I, and it's funny, there was a guy who was another stand up comedian. Uh, his name was Steve O. Harvey. I don't know why. <laughs> he, he took Steve Harvey, put an O in it. Okay, fine. He was white. It didn't really make a lot of sense. But Steve O. Harvey had all these jobs that were like, 
weird performery jobs where they want performers. Like, mm-hmm. so there's like a restaurant in Chicago called Ed DeBevix, which is like this '50s faux '50s diner. The food's actually pretty good for that kind of food, but they make the staff like be rude to you in a funny way, and then they make mm-hmm. them dance every 20 minutes oh, on the no. countertop to Grease Lightning. Like they have to do it, <laughs> so they're all up there. Like, but they're all like improv students. So some of them like are really gregarious and like into it, but I would okay. just be miserable. So anyway, Steve did that for a while, and then he got a job on Navy Pier at a, an attraction called the Time Tunnel, which is some like shitty virtual reality ride where like you were in a ride that shook you around, but you also had the glasses on. So whatever, that's kind of you went back in time. I don't know, I fucking never did it, but anyway, he was in like this time machine employee outfit which had like a, a name tag and like he looked like one of the Ghostbusters and he's in the line all day going hey kiddo you ready to go back in time are you guys ready to take a journey back in time and he's all <laughs> fucking in it and he's loving the kids love him and he's you know dancing around and, and, and one night I just was looking at this horrified and I had got done with my shitty ass shift giving Popeyes to guys in fucking tank tops that they had taken off and I was like dude how do you fucking stand it like, how do you put that plastered smile on and tell all these dumb kids that are they happy to go back in time? He goes, I love it. He was dead serious. Goes, I love it. The kids get so into it, and I get to play with them, and it's so much fun. And I'm like, thank God people like you exist. Or we wouldn't have an education system. We wouldn't yeah, have any yeah. of it. But, like, to me, like, that's in my – like, so that's why I wasn't a very good waiter. And I have one more waiting table story if you oh, want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if we need to move on to the next card. But, but – um, there was another aspect of being a waiter that I didn't like was uh, I was the day bartender at one of these restaurants because we didn't have a day bartender, you know. So if I was the waiter, you just had to go back and make whatever drinks they ordered because we had a bar, but mm-hmm. like whatever. And we would get like alcoholics that would come in at like noon and I would just feel like a murderer. Like I couldn't – like part of being good, a good bartender would be killing them. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Yeah. Like this guy would come in. He was this old black dude. He was uh, – I don't know. I he was retired. I don't know what he did. But he came in every day at noon and he would be like – he would talk himself into buying more liquor. There was another voice in his uh, head that you didn't hear. He'd be like, let me get a Miller Lite in. I'll get a Maker's Mark shot, too. Yeah, I probably should. I'm like, who's the other guy that told you to get the Maker's Mark? And after a while, I'm like, I can't. I feel, like, so depressed walking home from this job because yeah. being a good bartender means being an accessory to this guy's slow-motion murder. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think about that a lot. Like, I, I kind of romanticize the idea of being a bartender. Really? Yeah, I do. Why? Yeah. I don't know. something about... Well, I've always, uh, I've always really liked the idea. I've, I haven't really been a, I haven't been a server. I was a hostess for a little while, um, and I worked a lot of retail. I, I like the, I like having a, a, a register. I'm going to sound like a four year old. I like having a register behind you, <laughs> and then you have all the drinks. <laughs> um, an interesting four year old. Uh, yeah. Four year old who grew up in a very particular kind of family. <laughs> Uh, I might be. I've been one of those four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to handle the money, and uh, I, uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I like the hey, what's uh? What's well, you problem? have a lot what's more status on? as a bartender than a waiter. Like if you want to look, oh yeah, the I mean, respect no that compare. a bartender gets. Yeah. Like, you will, you will be served when I feel that I want to serve you. Yeah. I have a castle with a fortress around me. There's a wall literally yeah. separating you from me. And everyone's like, ah, oh, the angry bartender. We love him, but right. no one's like, ah, oh, the angry waiter. Well, also the waiter has to come to you. The waiter right, has to go. Yeah. Do you want? Is everything okay? Yeah. Can I go in the back and wait on you? 
you? Whereas a bartender's like, I'll get you whatever the fuck I feel like getting you. Yeah. Like, you'll wait. When I'm good and ready, I'll pour this gin in a bottle. Yeah. I also love that the bartender thing where, like, the bar back is, mm-hmm. he's, he's just a, he's a regular full-bodied adult, too. Yeah, Why yeah, is yeah. he a Padawan that can't handle booze? When does he become a full Jedi? Like, why the <laughs> fuck is there, like, this thing? Oh, I can't handle the Miller Lite. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. a lowly bar back, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I, I love I love the idea of someone coming in every day and like, ah, hey, John, how's it going? How's your oh, just oh, one day more closer to my early alcohol fueled grave. How are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> Here's another on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, Death. <laughs> um, I had a dream last night that I was. Uh, in a car and it, around me, like I was in a in a car and I knew that the car was slowly sinking into the ocean and that I was about to die. And I was God. like, yeah. Is that like a kind of dream you get a lot? No, it's not. It's not. But, I, but more upsetting and surprising was that my reaction to it in the dream and when I woke up was... All right, <laughs> like cool. Like I guess I'm really overwhelmed, but I don't need to be. Uh-huh. But, but just like the the death thing, the like I don't you know. were okay I'm, with it. Like I was okay with it. So like when you're talking about like assisting in a in a in a murder suicide, <laughs> uh, I I understand what you're saying logically, and I think most of the time I'd be like, yeah, that's awful. But right now I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Give, no, and then like, you're dead. Me so there's that. Yeah. yeah. So there's at least we get dead. Out yeah. of it. <laughs> I uh, hope you guys are all doing okay out yeah, there. Yeah, so uh, this, this feels <laughs> terrible, actually. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> you know you're in a good pod- podcast where halfway through the host goes, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> Why would you not think that? <laughs> Just because I have dreams was where fantasizing I'm, about where drowning. I drown and I'm okay with it. And I wake up and I'm kind of more happy that I was drowning. That you don't think that. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> now I, I can see why you think I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you think of me as this paragon of cheerfulness. Um, yeah. I'm just, you know, there are ups and downs. Yes. <laughs> Yes, there are. <laughs> All right, last question. Last question. Last Have we question. done enough relationship shit? I feel like I don't know. I mean, I uh, what, uh, what time are we at, Dustin? Is Dustin here? Dustin, fifty. Okay. We got a ten. Ten minutes. Or um, is a... What do you? What do you? What do you want to say? No, I just wanted it. it's your format. Like, I no, I know. I mean, uh, my. I don't want your listeners sitting around going, yeah, it's a good podcast if you just want to hear about waiting tables for a fucking hour. They never talk about <laughs> sadness. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I don't I don't think we can force it. I think we talked about a lot of uh, okay. relationships. I just want to make you happy, Aaron. <laughs> Thank I, I you. Just want you to, I want you to sit back at the end of the day and go, that was a good one. Glad yeah. I had that ball guy on. I, I'm loving it. All and right. I just don't want to bring you down with, uh, with my stories about uh, It's called This Feels car. Terrible. The fucking <laughs> thumbnail is you crying. <laughs> So, like, I mean, that's that's what they bought. Like, that's what it says on the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get mad True. at that. Yeah, I think I think usually I don't know. I'm fine. All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm doing great. Doing <laughs> if you title them with quotes, this one should be called like the episode John Roy, and then he quotes, "I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine." <laughs> All right, next question. Last question. Last question. Chat Pack City. 
All right, here we go. Uh, got a story to share about a humorous or perhaps not so humorous hotel experience? Sounds like Jay Leno. Do you have a story to share about a humorous hotel experience? <laughs> I, I heard you and Tom Hanks were in a hotel once. You heard that, Jay? You heard that. People were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. had nothing to do with the prep for the show. I heard you have a very uh, specific relationship with uh, swing sets in autumn. <laughs> right, yes, now and, uh, <laughs> so, okay, here's a, here's a hotel story. It's pretty quick, but it just shows like... You just can't assume things about people, you know? You think you can, especially because you live in L.A. You'll understand. So I'm doing a college gig in Arkansas, tiny little town. They've got a college. I check into the hotel, and there's a guy who's working there who's you know showing me my room, and he's got that very distinctive Chelsea, West Hollywood, Lakeview voice. And he's like, you're going to love your room. We just had them renovated, and it's so much better than the other ones. That's how he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> literally say to him, I go, wow, it's got to be hard for you living in such a small you know, little town. Oh, man. And he goes, why? And I'm like, oh, you just can't assume someone's gay because they right. talk like that even though I'm trying to like sympathize with him like in my <laughs> head I'm like he, even you if have, he is like right, it's not that he, he necessarily wants to talk to you about like, that. you talk like a gay guy like so I just go okay there's nothing to do here bye and then I just ran up to my room and hoped to never like I waited in my room till they changed over before I asked for anything because I was just so embarrassed but like I really thought you could just be like you sound like a gay guy so you're like a gay guy so what's it like being gay here <laughs> you know like I didn't know that you just can't assume that ever it's nice that you were in a mode where where everybody in the in the world was your friend and like wanted to open up to you. Well, right, yeah, way. in that like, moment, everyone we were just was on your hang out show, and like, like, hey, maybe we go and have a drink later and we, you tell me about how being gay in Arkansas sucks. Or like, I don't yeah. know what I thought I was going to do. Like, he was going to see the Hollywood guy and be like, it does get better. That guy, I mean, like, what horrible arrogance in my head of like, I'm going to be the guy who just <laughs> gets that gay dude and just makes it totally okay for him to live here in Lyons, Arkansas. <laughs> But uh, I wonder, it was, none of that was appropriate behavior. Do you, do you think he knew what you were referring to? Yes, I do. There was I can't prove it, but it did, when he goes, "What do you mean?" You could definitely see the knowledge of you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. we both agreed to not speak of what I was getting at, but you could tell in his face that he was like, "Oh, really? What? What? What is that? Why would that be?" Like you could see <laughs> to the point where I just wondered, like maybe he's just one of those. One out of a hundred super effeminate straight guys that you meet, like you know, mm-hmm. you've met them, and you're like, they could come out. They wouldn't or maybe, be. yeah, or maybe he was in the closet. There's also that. There's yeah. also that. But yeah. all I knew is that I should not finish my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that, that part I definitely knew. I uh, I was in Chicago uh, maybe like six or seven months ago. I was by myself. I was doing shows, and I found myself in a in a little in a little gay bar. And I like after doing Do you a know show. Where? Was, I mean, um, I know Chicago very well. I go back all the time. It was like in a, in like the gay. In Boys Town. Yeah. That's what maybe, we call yeah. it. It's called Lakeview. Were there rainbow pylons on the street? Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. You, that looked like, like syringes. The mayor put these giant, like, Flash Gordon rocket ship, yeah. like, pylons that are literally rainbow colored penis shaped rocket ship syringe things. Yeah. Like, but yeah. they mark the borders, like, here's where the gays are. Like, you know, like, anyway. Yeah. So, yes, so you were in this bar. So I was in the, I was in this bar. And it was pretty small, and uh, it was it was a bunch of men in the bar, and then the the bartender and the bouncer were women. Okay. And so I'm sitting I'm sitting at the bar. I'm watching. There are like 
there were, there were music videos playing, and I was, and it was kind of like it was a dive bar. It wasn't like a dance club. Right, or you anything. weren't in like the hot cool. You weren't in Hydrate. No, I was not in Hydrate. Yeah, that's the name of it. <laughs> but, uh, and this uh, this guy started talking to me about I don't know. I was wearing some necklace or something, and he was like, "Oh my god, I love your necklace. That's so so great." And and he said, "You know, it's got to be really hard for you." So speak- <laughs> and, I, and I was and I was like, "Oh, what, uh, um, yeah." He was like, "Ah, oh, there's just like there are no." lesbian bars around here and I was like oh yeah and I don't know why I don't I don't usually do this like I'm usually like I don't I don't I'm not too honest but I'm not somebody that just like routinely lies or like right. lies I'll to strangers I'll just talk to this guy for 20 more minutes under the assumption that I am a lesbian yeah but know? I was like you know what it is hard and I just <laughs> and I, you own the condition you do not exist in I did and then I, I like I was talking to like I, I, I yes ended it to the point where I was talking to the bartender I was like but really where are the lesbian bars and I was I was getting so into the idea of being a gay woman in Chicago and this guy's friends showed up and he's like, come here, come here, come here. Uh, Troy, Lonnie, you got to talk to, like, where do we find her a bar? And so then I find myself traveling with these three guys to this other bar where there are more lesbians for me to meet. <laughs> and I just had this, it was a, it was a great night. I, had I a wonder if anyone has become a lesbian from that. <laughs> from that. Like, like that just led to them making out with a girl at the next bar and going, yeah. I guess I, you know, my people lesbian I don't know <laughs> they, uh, I felt I did feel guilty when they they introduced me to their to their friend at this other bar who is who's lesbian and her and I were talking and I was really like I was really excited by the idea that I was like in this cool club <laughs> right. that was like being a sexy lesbian um, but I think she I mean she, she wasn't she wasn't really interested in me or anything but I did like accidentally slip like oh well my boyfriend and they're like wait what like in like a movie like wait what yeah Yeah, like like, I I, we thought that you were part of our club which is being a gay person in Chicago but you're did you you come clean I did (laughs) like fully and yeah I was like okay with you um they kind of just stopped Hanging out with me. No way. So they were. They're like, and now that you're not who you said you were, we're done. Yeah. I think they, I I don't think they were um, disapproving in a like, well, now we're not going to hang out with you. I think they were just a little confused. Yeah. Because why would be? They would be like, well, why would you? Yeah. Because I was having so much fun. And you took me to the new bar. And and they would have totally hung out with me if they would have known I was just a straight person. Like, I think they just felt kind of exploited, which they were. I was exploiting. They were exploiting. You were exploiting them for fun and good times. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a sad, uh, slow. Well, good. We horn. got into at least one moment where you felt sad. So I feel like we've we've accomplished the, uh, the goal of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, the goal of the podcast isn't to make people feel sad. Well, just, this feels terrible. This meaning the thing you are going to listen to feels terrible. Right. <laughs> I hope I'm not making you feel no. terrible. I don't want it. What if that was the goal? Of my just to make the other <laughs> was person to make feel the guests bad? feel awful. What have you done with your life? Like, why do you feel that that? Except, huh, fun shirt I, choice. I, I don't John. know. I just, I, I just bought it. I, didn't, I just wanted a shirt. When was the last time a woman made you cry? Um, right now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, where where do people find you? Oh, they don't if they can help it. Um, uh, no, if you if you if this for some reason made you want more, uh, then you can find me at. Uh, I have a, also a podcast on Feral Audio. It is called. Don't Ever Change. And uh, we talk about high school. 
uh, just where the person went to high school and just kind of wherever that goes. There is an episode with you on it. Uh, there is, there is yeah. an, uh, So if people are fans of this one and they've never listened to I really love the Kyle Kinane Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Um, but I would just tell people... Yeah, listen to the one with Aaron because you it's the same thing you just heard. It's just a different <laughs> it's a little, but it's just yeah, a little it, more fun and yeah, all of our structure. Topic. <laughs> but then if you like that one, we've got a ton of other ones. Uh and it's don't ever change. It's on iTunes, it's free. Uh also, um you can follow me at John Roy Comic, J O H N R O Y C O M I C. That's both on Twitter and on Tumblr. On the Tumblr, there's like TV appearances and stuff you can yeah, look right. at. I've got a web series called Marin in Space that me oh, and yeah, uh, James yeah. Adomi. Oh, which did. is so amazing. Oh, I'm just remembering you. that that's you. Yeah, yeah I'm it's the Klingon. So good. It's so, so good. Uh, you won't really recognize me. I have pounds of Klingon makeup on, but I also <laughs> wrote it with James. It's pretty funny. It's uh, He does an impression of Mark Marin as a Star Trek captain and then the. Actual Mark Marin plays the evil Mark Marin from the evil universe yeah. in uh, episode five. So uh, check that out. Uh, that's probably all I would like to plug. But... All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. That's the show, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have a dream, if you have a weird, significant, maybe depressing or scary dream or a fun dream that's uh, that you can explain in just a few sentences, maybe we'll read them on the show. Send it to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. Uh, please follow John Roy and listen to his amazing podcast, Don't Ever Change. Also, let's all take care of ourselves. You know, let's... Let's be, let's be cool. Let's be cool to ourselves. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, the chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.